most people have complained about money, especially in their 40s. It becomes the number one thing they worry about, but they've never spent a weekend reading a good book. Most people talk about certain things about money. Oh, I wish I could have this, but they've never actually sat down and said, what is my rich life? Down to the level of, I want to be able to buy appetizers without looking at the price. If we did that, imagine how our spending would change. Imagine how our psychology around money would change. That's Ramit Sethi. And this is the Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Appreciate you tuning in with me today as we have a brand new featured speaker debuting on the show. And he is someone, he's someone that I've heard many, many great things about from some of the top podcasters and creators and entrepreneurs in the finance and entrepreneurial space. And I think that many of them feel that way. And I also also feel that way because he has some polarizing views that go against conventional teachings. And I think that's what makes him stand out. But more importantly, the reason that he's so successful is because the stuff that he teaches works. And if you consume some of his content, I think that you will get a ton of value that is practical and that is useful. And I hope today's clip does just that as we dive into this one with Ramit Sethi. Enjoy. Now, I said spend extravagantly on the things you love as long as you cut costs mercilessly on the things you don't. In my own life, there are several things I just don't care about. Um, don't have a TV. I use a MacBook Air that's seven years old. <laughs> I know, like, I should probably work off a dual monitor setup, but I just don't care. And I've lived in the same apartment for 10 years and I've rented. And I know the society tells you that renting is throwing money away. That's not true. Um, these are things that I just don't care about. But on the other hand, convenience, I'll spend essentially anything. Hotels, I will spend essentially anything. And there's a few other examples. My wife and I together, we're coming up with our own money dials. Relationships is a big one for us. So I would encourage everyone to really take this concept and think about it. And don't stay at the surface level. If it's fitness like yours, great. Really think about what that looks like. Another woman in DC, she was into fitness too. And I said, what would your life look like if you quadruple it? She's like, I would be shredded. I was like, love it. Think big. Don't talk yourself out of it. So that is what I've learned about money dials. I was raised, where our money dials come from and the way we think about money has a lot to do with the way we were raised. The way that I looked at the world, imagine I'm putting on a pair of glasses. My money lens, the way I look at the world was frugality. Probably like some of the people in this room and some of the people watching I was raised by two immigrant parents. My dad worked, my mom stayed at home with four kids. And 
I remember that when we would take a vacation, a vacation for us was driving from Northern California to Southern California and staying with family. And on the rare time we like went to Disneyland, which I think was once or twice, we would wake up really early from our cousin's house, go to Disneyland. We would pack lunches because there's no way you can buy six lunches for a family at Disneyland. It's too expensive. And we would stay until the end of the day, very end. Why? Because we're not coming back here. We got to get everything we can from this place. That was my money lens. And I think it served me in a lot of ways, right? I mentioned the computer. I don't need certain new things. If it works, I like to buy the best and keep it forever. But I also think that there are other money lenses, other ways to look at the world. We heard uh, in the back uh, from the woman who said that she loves to spend on convenience, which is my money dial. Feel safe, feel relief, feel luxury and fortunate. Safety is something that we all kind of intuitively get when it's for someone else. Oh, we'll spend extra so that our kids are safe? Never gonna question that. But when it comes to our own spending, we put back that frugality lens so much of the time. It's been drilled into us by society. There are other money lenses. There are, there's the result, uh, the money lens of results. I could get a workout on YouTube or I can pay a personal trainer for better and faster results. There's, pure, there's experience. Why do you think people go to a really nice restaurant, right? Five plus courses, the experience. Um, there's pure luxury. This sweater is not gonna last 10 times more, longer than that sweater, but you just want it. And so sometimes we need to, I think of it almost like a musician. You wanna have the note of frugality, but you don't wanna be a one note player. Sometimes frugality is the perfect note, but sometimes there are other notes you want to put in. Security, luxury, results, whatever the, your money lens is. I don't want anyone in this room and anyone watching to be a one note player. There are different notes to use at different times. So it's hard, especially for, for me, it was very hard to change my view. I would, I would much rather in, in my early 20s judge other people. That's why I really love that iced tea example because it took me back. When she first said iced tea, I was like, ah, this is so, this is insane. It took me back to what I used to be like in my early 20s. I would walk onto a flight and pass the people in business class or first class and I would laugh. So stupid. They're so stupid. Why, why are they spending four times the money? We're all getting to the same place. What I should have done instead of disparagement was switch to curiosity. D to C. Why? Are they doing that? Why might someone want to spend that crazy amount to me on a business class flight? What do they know that I don't? And I might discover that I don't actually agree. I don't value that. I don't care. I think it's not for me. But had I, instead of closing the conversation, disparaging, I should have gotten a lot more curious and said, why? Why does someone go to this restaurant? Why does someone want to go to the Maldives, which in my early 20s, I didn't even know what that was. Why? And that has really transformed the way that I look at money from one note of frugality to being able to play different notes at different times. Um, one thing that I've learned is that most of us have never thought about what our rich life really is. So you ask people, what is your rich life? I told you, we actually had some great answers in here. Um, most common answers, I told you the three. Most people have complained about money, especially in their 40s. It becomes the number one thing they worry about, but they've never spent a weekend reading a good book. 
most people talk about certain things about money. Oh, I wish I could have this, but they've never actually sat down and said, what is my rich life? Down to the level of, I want to be able to buy appetizers without looking at the price. If we did that, imagine how our spending would change. Imagine how our psychology around money would change. Now, um, this is important. I've learned this is increasingly important because in the first edition of the book, I had all this you know, technical stuff about Roth IRAs and compound interest and all that. It's, it's in there. It's, it's updated. It's all there. How do you automate your money and what credit cards can you squeeze the perks out of? Yes, use it. What I realized is that if we don't tackle our money psychology, no compound interest chart is going to change anything. And from talking to people for a long time, one thing I learned about the way we treat money is it's almost like imagine you're, you get on a raft and you're floating down this river. It's a nice day. The river's going to end up in a good place. It's the river of life. It's a, it's a pretty good life, especially for people watching this, people in the room. Life is going to be pretty good, right? You've sort of done well already. If the river goes left, we go left. What I have found is it's a lot more fun to pick up my paddle and row the direction that I want to go. Sometimes I might get wrong, but I've learned that it's a lot more fun to chart out what my rich life is. And interestingly, the more you really refine what your rich life is, for example, vinyl, and maybe you actually go to a vinyl making class from the original vinyl guy, I don't know. Some people around you might say, that's pretty weird. Why are you doing that? That's ridiculous. My favorite word, that's ridiculous. But the more I dialed in on my money dials in my rich life, the more I realized I really love unapologetically charting my path and going towards it, okay? Spending extravagantly on the things I love and cutting costs on the things that I don't. Big thanks to Ramit Sethi for stopping by. And as I said, he has amazing, amazing content and a diehard following. So if you'd like to connect with him and his work, you can go to his website, I will teach you to be rich.com, which is also his YouTube. His Instagram is Ramit and his latest book, which is the second edition and New York Times bestseller is entitled, I will teach you to be rich, no guilt, no excuses, no BS, just a six week program that works. And I'll have all the links to everything I just mentioned, along with the link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below. And I highly recommend that you check out that, that entire talk if you like today's clip. All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.